John said, we're studying the book of John, and so I invite you to take a copy of God's Word. Look with me in the book of John, chapter 5, as we continue our, in our series. And while you're turning to the book of John, chapter 5, uh, it was an incredible day this morning. Uh, we, as has been stated already, over 1,600 people here, uh, seven salvations to uh, join by uh, letter. But then after uh, the second service, two more people. Uh, gave their life to Christ, and they came and talked to Bob. So we had more than that. They're going to be coming very soon. Uh, they want to make it very public. So the Lord was with us. The Lord was here, and uh, he's still here, even tonight. Book of John, chapter 5. We're, we're looking at this long passage, and it is a long passage, but I want us to look at the whole passage as a unit. Jesus has healed this man. And now the, the Pharisees, the scribes, are angry at Jesus because he told the man to walk and carry his pallet on the Sabbath. And so we pick up the story, verse 18 of chapter 5. For this reason, talking about the healing, for this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, was also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this. For an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I alone testify about myself. My testimony is, is not true. There is another who testifies of me, and I know that the testimony which he gives about me is true. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. For the testimony which I receive is not from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was the lamp that was burning and shining, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But when the testimony I have is greater than the testimony of John for the work which the Father has given me to accomplish the very works that I do, testify about me, and the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me, he has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him who he sent. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. I do not receive glory from men, I, but I know you, 
that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I've come in my Father's name, and you have not, did not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. And how can you believe when you receive glory from one another, and you do not seek the glory that is the, from the one and only God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, tonight as we look at this passage, and Father, as we understand in some, some ways the complexity of it, let us, Father, see the truth of it. And let us, Father, realize what Jesus is saying about who he is. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's possible you've talked to someone in the past who has said that Jesus never claimed to be God. You may have read a book that said that. There are various authors out there, and they will say that. They'll, I've read some of those books that said Jesus never claimed to be God. I've talked to people who've said, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. And by the way, anytime I hear that, I know one thing. They've never read the Bible. Jesus claimed to be God. And, and sometimes people will hide it. They'll say it this way. I follow his teaching. I follow his example. I follow his ethics, but I don't believe he's God. As I said last week, C.S. Lewis slammed the door on that opinion in this statement he made in one of his books. I read it last week. Let me read it again. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He never intended to. Hear what he's saying? Jesus cannot just be a great moral teacher because he claimed he was God. And the moment he claimed he was God, he's either a liar or he's crazy. And if he's a liar and if he's crazy, he cannot be a great moral teacher. And so last week in John, we saw where Jesus healed this man by the pool. And it's a very interesting uh, miracle, if you remember, because the man didn't know who Jesus was. Jesus came to the pool. He healed the man. The man did not know who Jesus was. He didn't ask Jesus to heal him. In fact, he didn't even know who he was. Later on, he, Jesus found him. He told the man who he was. The man went back to the Pharisees and the scribes and said, oh, by the way, I now know who healed me. It's Jesus. And so the Pharisees, the scribes, the religious leaders are mad at Jesus because he healed on the Sabbath. But not only that, he told the man to carry his bed. And so they are mad at him, and it says in verse 18, they wanted to kill him. And I love this passage because here they are, they're saying, you're claiming to be God. And so what Jesus does in verse 18 and following, he doubles down. There is no doubt that is what he is saying. One scholar writes this, nowhere else in the Gospels do we find our Lord making such a formal, systematic orderly, regular statement of his own unity with the Father, his divine commission and authority, and proofs of his Messiahship as we find in this discourse. 
This passage I just read is all about Jesus saying he is God, that he is the deity. I mean, look, look at verse 17. Look back at verse 17. He says, you know, my father is working into now, and I myself am working. <clears throat> Scholar D.A. Carson said, for this self-defense to be valid, what Jesus is saying, the same things you're saying to me, you have to say to God. You see, the Jews acknowledged that God did the creation. They knew that. They even said God had the right to do anything on the Sabbath because he is the creator of the Sabbath. And here's Jesus saying, now, wait a minute. If that is true, then you've got to give me the same uh, principle because I am the Father. I am with the Father. Jesus is saying, he's implying that you have to say, because you give God the right to heal on the Sabbath, you have to give me the right to heal on the Sabbath because I'm right along with the Father. What Jesus is saying is amazing. And this passage really reminds us of the three members of the Trinity. You know, John has already told us in John chapter 1 that Jesus, the Word, was involved in creation. Since he and the Father are one, Jesus has been working with the Father since the beginning of time. Jesus is claiming to be God. And the Jews got it. As he is speaking, they are getting madder and madder because he is claiming to be God. God. Look at verse 19. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son does in like manner. Jesus said, I am going to do what the Father wants me to do. We are the same. We, we are the same nature. By the way, this is not a statement of weakness or limitations. What he's saying is it is impossible for the Son to act independently of the Father because they are the same nature. What the Father does is what the Son does, and what the Son does is what the Father has commissioned him to do. This is a complete correspondence in the action. In other words, Jesus is saying, when I see the Father working, I'm going to do what the Father does. I'm going to follow the Father because we are the same nature. Jesus also, look at verse 21. He, he claims he has the same sovereign power. He says, for just as the Father raised the dead and gives them life, even the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. Jesus said to the Jews, he said, you know, the Father has the right to bring life, and so does the Son. I do the work of the Father. The Father has the right, has the power to bring back the dead. I can do that myself. That's a startling claim. No human being could say that. No human being could say, I have the power over life and death. And what Jesus is saying here, this life is referring not only to those who are dead, and he can bring them back physically, as he does in Lazarus and the widow of Nain and Jairus' daughter. He's talking about spiritually. He says, spiritually, I can bring people back to life spiritually. So Jesus is saying, as the Father works, so does the Son. Look at verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed over into death and to life. Jesus said, I have the power to bring those who are spiritually dead to spiritual life. And again, we're seeing the Trinity involved in all this work. How the Father and the Son raised the dead to give life. Later on, we're going to see in John chapter 6, where Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life. Jesus is saying, I am with the Father. He also claims to be equal with God in judgment. Look back at verse 22. 
For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son. Interesting statement. Jesus said, the Father has given me the right to judge. The Father has delegated the right of judgment to me. Now, we saw this already. Remember when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus? John chapter 3, verse 17. He said, the Son did not come into the world to judge the world, but that the world may be saved through him. But then he went on to say that, no, if you do not believe, you've been condemned already. Jesus said, the Father has given to the Son the power to judge. And to be a good judge, you have to have all knowledge. You've got to have all power. You have to know all things. Jesus is saying, I know the hearts of everyone. I know the thoughts of everyone. I know the actions of everyone. I can be the judge because the Father has given this to me. Jesus is saying, I am God. Verse 24, Jesus claims again to give life. We already looked at that before. He, he said, I give eternal life. He said, verse 25, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Jesus said there's two, there's two groups of people out there. One has eternal life and those who have no eternal life. Those who are spiritually alive and those who are not spiritually alive. And it's the Son who has the power to give them life. Everything Jesus is saying here is doubling down on the fact that he is God. Now, you would have thought that would have stopped it. But Jesus keeps going. Because you may be thinking, you say, well, wait a minute. How do we know that Jesus is really the Son of God? That's what he's saying, but how do we know? I mean, sometimes people ask that question. Now, how do, how do we really know you know, there's a song, you, you know, you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Well, that's so subjective. I mean, anyone can say that. How do we know? Jesus is about to give the answer. If you ever seen a, a courtroom, and there's a, you, know, you have a jury in there, and they're listening to witnesses, and in a trial, you listen to the witness. Now, they've got to know what they're talking about. You, you just can't go in there and make up stuff. That's, that's wrong, Okay. You can't just do it. You gotta, they got to know what they're talking about. A witness is not free to make up his own story. Jesus is going to show the Jews his witnesses. Now, in Jewish culture, you had to have at least two witnesses. So Jesus is going to show them, I'll tell you who I am, and I will give you my witnesses. I am claiming to be equal with God. I am claiming to be God. And I have witnesses to back it up. John loved that word, witness. John loves that word testimony, same Greek word. He uses it 47 times in the Gospels. He uses it 30 more times in the book of Revelation. He understands we need a witness. So Jesus is now going to give his defense. And by the way, he's not trying to win an argument. Look, look at verse 34. Jesus said, but the testimony which I receive is not for man, but I say these things that you may be saved. Okay, let me chase a rabbit real quick. I know it's Easter. Maybe I shouldn't chase a rabbit, but I'm going to chase a rabbit. Anytime we get in an argument with the world, if our goal is not to win them to Christ, we're doing it wrong. We can be very arrogant talking to the world. We can try to argue them and, and try to give them all the facts why we believe Jesus. We can give them all the, all the, the information. Listen, but if our motive is anything other than winning them to Jesus Christ, your motive is wrong. 
Jesus is saying, look, I'm not trying to win the argument. That's not my purpose. My purpose, I want to see you saved. That's what he's saying. He said, I want to see you come to know me in a personal manner. And so, he said, let me give you my witnesses. Witness number one, John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Look at verse 33. You have sent to John, and he had testified the truth. But the testimony which I receive is not for man, but I say these things that you may be saved. Jesus said, all right, my first witness, John the Baptist. Now, the reason he's saying John the Baptist, John the, at this time, John the Baptist is more popular than Jesus. They are flocking to hear John the Baptist. They are listening to John the Baptist. He is changing lives in his preaching. And Jesus said, my first witness is John the Baptist. You believed him on many occasions. Well, he's the one who pointed to me and said, I am the Lamb of God. John the Baptist is my witness. He says in verse 35, he was the lamp that was burning and shining. He said, he was the light that you went to see because you knew he was from God. But he wasn't the light. He was just reflecting the light. And Jesus even implies something. They don't know what's happening because he said, he was the lamp that was burning and shining, and you were willing to rejoice for a while. Because soon John's going to be arrested. And John's going to leave the scene. But Jesus is saying, you listen to John. The Jewish leaders were interested in what John was saying. They went out to listen to John. And Jesus said, he is my witness. He's the one who pointed to me. And you had him for a while. He's going to go away. You're going to miss the opportunity. When God is speaking to you, do not miss that opportunity because you're about to miss it because he's about to leave the scene. He said, my second witness, witness number two, miracles. Look at verse 36. For the testimony which I have is greater than the testimony of John. For the works which the Father has given to me accomplish the very works that I do testify about me that the Father has sent me. He said, let me give, give you my second witness. Now, my second witness is greater than the first witness. The first witness is a prophet of God, John. The second witness is the miracles which I am doing. They are unique signs to show you who I am. Now, now understand, now this is a popular argument in Jesus' day, and we kind of miss it. You see, today we look at miracles, and we, we, we say, well, miracles, that, that proves God. We, that proves the existence of God. But that's never been the purpose of miracles. You look at the Scripture, the purpose of miracles was to validate the messenger. Moses' miracles that he did was not to show that God existed. It was to show the people of Israel Moses is from God. Elijah's miracles was not to show the people that God existed. It was to show that Elijah is from God. Nicodemus in John chapter 3 said to Jesus, remember, he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs. All through the Scripture, miracles were given to validate the, the speaker. So Jesus is saying, my second witness are the miracles. The miracles. Look at the miracles. They validate who I am. Later on in the series, we're going to look at John chapter 10. They came to Jesus and they said, look, just tell us plainly, are you the Christ? 
And Jesus said, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. Jesus kept going back to the miracles. He said, look at my miracles. And when you look at the miracles of Jesus, Jesus' miracles were different than any other miracles in the Bible. I mean, first of all, he didn't just do a few. He did a lot. Uh, we have many accounts of miracles. and many. Uh, John said that there's, couldn't even fill the world with all the volumes of things that he did. Not only the, the greatness of it. He, he didn't do little miracles. He did great miracles. He, people being raised from the dead, feeding the 5,000. The publicity. He didn't do it in an obscure area. He did it in the open. People saw the miracles. The character, every time Jesus did miracles, you, you, you could see the love of God and the mercy of God and the compassion of God. The direct appeal of the miracles. Uh, I mean, when you look at his miracles, you could examine it to see that he is pointing to God. And nowhere in the Gospels do the Jews ever deny the miracles. Not one time. Not one time did they say, well, you didn't do that miracle. They always said, you did it. Now, at one time they said it was Satan working through him. But they never denied the miracles. And Jesus said, that's my second witness. My second witness is the miracles. You've seen the miracles I've done. That validates my message. Let me call my third witness. The scriptures. Verse 39. You search the scripture because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. I did not receive glory for men. Jesus said, you're searching the scriptures because you want eternal life. But you're missing it. You're not going to find eternal life in the scriptures. What you're going to find, the scriptures pointing to me, and that's how you have eternal life. Now, remember who Jesus is talking to? He's talking to Pharisees and scribes. These, these are people dedicated to the law. They memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. They studied it and studied it and studied it and studied it. And yet Jesus says to them, you search the Scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but you don't see it's about me. Kind of like what we said this morning. We wrote Emmaus. And Jesus started teaching, going from Genesis all the way through Malachi talking about all the places the Bible pointed to Jesus you search the scriptures do you not remember the story of Adam and Eve when God promised the seed of a woman would crush the serpent head and that phrase seed of a woman is impossible that means a virgin that's impossible who would have come up with that do you not remember the Adam and Eve story how God killed animals and clothed Adam and Eve in the shedding of blood was given to cover up the sins. Do you, do you not remember how God promised Abraham that in his seed all the nation would be blessed? Do you not remember the sacrificial system all in the Old Testament defining what the, you have to do to sacrifice so that one could be forgiven? Have you not read the Psalms? How many times the Psalms talks about the Messiah? Psalm 22, Psalm 110 talks about the coming Messiah. Have you not read Isaiah? Isaiah 53, all about Isaiah 53 is talking about the suffering servant. And Jesus says to these Jews, you've searched the scriptures, but you missed it. You're looking for laws, but the scripture points to a person. 
You can read the Bible, and if all you're doing is keeping the law, if all you're keeping is a bunch of rules, you will never have eternal life. You'll just be frustrated. And Jesus said to these men, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. He said, let me call you my last witness. I've been talking about him already, but let me call you my last witness. My last witness is the Father. The heavenly father. Look at verse 37. And the father who sent me, he has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, and you do not know have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe in him who sent me. Jesus said, let me call my last witness. That's the heavenly father. He's the one who sent me. And then he says to the, the Pharisees, by the way, you don't believe him, and he doesn't abide in you because you've missed him. My witness is God the Father, the voice from heaven confirmed. Now, what he's talking about is the baptism. Remember the baptism when the Father spoke? He's going to speak again at the Mount of Transfiguration. What Jesus is saying, the Father has spoken, but you didn't hear it. You don't see me in the Scriptures because you don't know the author of the Scripture, God. And Jesus said, these witnesses confirm my deity. These witnesses confirm who I am. Look at verse, back at verse 34. But the testimony which I receive is not for man, but I say these things that you may be saved. Jesus is saying, do you not understand? I'm trying to tell you how to be saved. And my witnesses, John the Baptist, the miracles, the Scripture, our Heavenly Father is pointing to me as the Son of God. We need to listen to the witnesses. Currently, there's a trial going on, celebrity trial. I haven't, really haven't kept up with it because I really don't care. But there's a trial between Johnny Depp and Amber uh, Heard. The trial basically, I read, was reading it not until uh, this week, it, Johnny Depp did a lawsuit to a newspaper who accused him of something for $200 million, and they dismissed it. So he is now suing Amber for $200 million. Now, she is countersued for $100 million. But what fascinated me of this story was this week, apparently, Johnny Depp, number one witness, was thrown out of court. They said it was a major blow because the key witness was dismissed. And apparently what happened, the key witness was watching the trial. You're not supposed to do that. And the defense said, Your Honor, she she shouldn't have heard the testimony. And so the judge ruled against her and and, and had her testimony stricken from the record. The jury is not allowed to take into any consideration what she said in the trial. The defense said, Your Honor, the witness is the key to everything. Johnny Depp said, The witness is the key to everything. I don't know anything about the trial, but I know that statement is true. The witness is the key to everything. Witnesses are the key to everything. And here's Jesus saying to the Jewish leaders, Look at my witnesses. The miracles, the scripture, John the Baptist and the Heavenly Father, they all point to me. And I'm telling you this so that you could have eternal life.
And tonight, if you've never given your life to Christ, will you listen to the witnesses? They are all pointing to Jesus. It's not about keeping rules. We can't keep the rules. We'll mess up. But we can come to know Jesus. If you're online watching and you want to give your life to Christ, just text the word today at 270-398-5005 and a minister will give you a call. But if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, will you do so? Or maybe you want to join the church. Or maybe there's something you need to do privately where you'll be standing in a moment. Whatever it is, listen to the witnesses as they point to Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Will you stand and bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we pray, first of all, that we will not be like the scribes and the Pharisees looking for salvation in rules, keeping a checklist, thinking if we have a, a bunch of marks on our checklist that we can get into heaven. Because, Father, you've made it clear our sins will keep us out, and we need forgiveness. And, Father, you have made it clear that only through Jesus Christ, a personal relationship through Jesus Christ is the only way we can have eternal life. That's why Jesus came. And, Father, we understand that's why we celebrate Easter this morning. He's alive. And so, Father, I pray tonight for those here, those online, that, Father, if there's a decision need to be made, open their hearts, open their spiritual eyes, that they may see Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.